Well, my name is Carolina Kluft. Uh, I'm uh, the operations manager of Generation Pep, which is a non-profit organization working with uh, children's health with focus on physical activity and the food habits. And it's been initiated by the Crown Princess couple in Sweden, Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel in 2016. Uh, and we're working in different ways. So my background is actually, I've been an athlete before, uh, competing professionally uh, for many years, uh, but uh, have been working now with this organization since we started 2016. And for that, a few other things, uh, I quit in my athlete career 2012 so it's actually a long time ago now we know that the biggest effect we will have if we will get to those who don't move around at all or have not so good food habits to just do something then we will have a bigger effect on the public health if we can make those who don't move at all to move just a little bit and it could be a it could be a walk for 20 minutes. It could be to take the stairs instead of the elevator if it's possible. But to get to those to do something rather than those who are already doing exercise and training every week to do even more, um, that's of course great. It's good. But if you want to have the effect, you want to reach to those who maybe, mm, this is not for me, and get them to understand that it's for everyone. But we need to talk about it. It's not about training. It's not about being an elite active. Uh, it's about small things. Every movement counts. Every fruit or vegetable counts. And just to start with something could push us in a direction that are very effective for the whole society. Did you go into your kind of professional sports career knowing what you were going to do afterwards or did it just happen naturally yeah I, I definitely didn't know what exactly I would do afterwards I just thought uh, I, I thought about my future after my athlete career I knew it would have an ending uh, quite I mean you don't you don't do athlete uh, you're, you're not an athlete in, in that high level for such a long time because it's it's quite tough and so I knew I will have a long life after my athlete career working with something else so I've always thought about what I will do afterwards, but I've never had an exact plan. And I think also my athlete career has opened up a few doors for me, um, which is, of course, I'm very grateful for that. So, and I think why I got into Generation Pep and why they thought I would be a good match for this organization is because physical activity, of course, is one of the basic grounds of being an athlete. But for me, the the joy and you know uh, the fun with with moving around and and being physical active and and with the sport had always always been fundamental for me so i think that's also not only that i've been an athlete that might be not so important but the the thing maybe more how i i did my career and that physical activity has always been fun and inspirational so uh, but i've had a few different uh things that I've done since I quitted my athlete career I also studied during my athlete career so I've been I've been trying out some different things and I'm still doing some different things even if Generation Pep is my main focus of course. I guess over the last you know few years we've seen these increasing reports about childhood obesity epidemic you know really 
big concerns about the impact that poor diet and lack of exercise is having on young people. Can you give us a sense, thinking about Sweden and countries like Sweden, how big a problem you think we have? Well, I think we're, there are countries, of course, that are in he- ahead of us that have maybe bigger problem at the time, but we are heading the same direction, unfortunately. Um, we are um, definitely seeing when we look at the statistics and we see how how uh, fast uh, this negative development in how how much kids move uh, are physical active and and their food habits it's it's really following other countries that might be having a bigger problem right now uh, but we will definitely uh, get there if we're not gonna do something big and, and dramatic to change this so sweden has definitely problems and we have we have um, two out of ten kids in sweden don't move uh and are not physical activity according to the recommendations that we have, 60 minutes per day uh, in general or in uh, yeah, an average. And we also have bad food habits with kids not eating vegetables and fruits and so on in, in the amount that they should. And, and we can see that it's, it's been negative uh, from year to year. Um, we, have to, we have to move this around. So... If we want to, if we don't want to go and walk the path that many other countries have done uh, before us, so we have to work really hard not to get there, and we're we're there in many ways as well. And what do you think about the relationship between poor diet and lack of exercise with poverty and deprivation and inequality? Do you think it's a lot harder to live this? healthy life if you don't have the money to do it it is for sure we can see that in in all studies that we have done these these years we have a study that we do every year a big study uh, where we ask kids around all sweden and we got around ten thousand answers and we can have a quite good picture of how it looks like and we can see clearly that socioeconomic questions and uh, it's definitely a big issue and something that uh, will affect how much uh, accessibility you have to be physical active or food habits. Uh, it's it's not easy today, and it's not it's not for everyone to live a, a healthy life. And so we can see in Sweden, you, you if you look at all children, you can see that you have to move. The majority is not moving around enough, and and the majority is not living a healthy life. So we, we really, really need to move every, almost every kid needs to uh, move more and, and eat better. But we also have like a, uh, a gap between the, the, the ones that are moving more and the ones that are really struggling. And that gap is tends to, to instead of getting smaller, it tends to get bigger. So for us, it's really important strategically to work with those who have the, the less opportunities to live healthy lives because we don't want to make, if you just uh, spread the word and knowledge and, and good um, uh, ways of, of living a healthy life and you, you're just reaching the ones that already are having the accessibility and all, already are on the way, you, you might... In the, in the worst case scenario, you will make the gap even wider. 
So, so we really need to work in different ways to give those kids and families that have more obstacles in front of them uh, really to try to tear those obstacles down for them. We cannot maybe do something about the socioeconomic factors and that's up to the politicals and, and other ones to, to really make it better in that kind of sense. But we can tear down these obstacles. So no matter what kind of uh, economic situation you have or the education of your parents or if you have a, a disability or whatever, you should have the opportunity to, to live a healthy life. That's a part of the Children's Convention. It's part of the children's rights. And that's a law in Sweden. So this is something that all uh, different areas needs to work with, of course. How do you do this? How do you promote physical activity and healthy eating in young people? Well, you could say that we try to work in a way that is sustainable, you know, so we try to change structures and systems in our society to to be more so that physical activity and better food habits could be more natural and more integrated in the systems and the structures that we have. So we help, for example, we try to help schools and support schools and preschools and, you know, health care and, you know, to work more with those questions and, and do it in a very strategic way so that, that they will change their way of, of having a school that you will have natural pauses to, to move around and you will have good uh, food uh, conditions where you can eat and, and, and have good food and, and move that forward so that we don't need to be part of this anymore so that this is part of the system so we will not we don't want to make the system or, or the society dependent on us we want we but we don't want to wait so while we try to push these questions forward in different ways we also try to give uh, tools to schools to preschools to municipalities and to uh, clubs uh, to different parts of of society to really push them forward faster than than we we cannot wait and that's one way of doing it but also we try to of course spread knowledge to individuals to parents to teachers we try to give them inspiration good examples we try to be a platform of showing good examples so they can share with each other and and help help out with these questions. So we, we were really working in different ways to try to change the system and, and lower and tear down obstacles in the way of, of living a healthy life in Sweden today. I'm just trying to draw some comparisons with what happens here in the in the UK and particularly in England where I live um, and looking at um, our primary schools so you know four to 11 year old kids and what's happened over the last couple of decades is that we have seen a decrease in physical education teaching in schools so less time for sports activities uh, we've seen a decrease in teaching of um, you know, food and how to cook and what healthy eating is. We've seen um, lowering of standards in terms of the food that's given to children, um, you know, school meals, um, which is often for, you know, more disadvantaged kids, the hot food that they get each day, you know, their healthy meal. Um, so I, 
are you proposing with Generation Pep a kind of return to how things used to be in terms of some of the standards, as the same thing happened in Sweden? Or are you proposing kind of new innovation? Just give us some examples of the sorts of things that you're trying to get schools and you know communities to do better. I, I totally share your your experience. It's the same in Sweden. What you talk about uh, in schools and, and what you see in preschools and so on. Uh, and I think we're working both maybe in in trying to. It's it's quite negative to say you want to go back to something. So, but you can learn from how it was before, where you could get this more natural into the school day, for example, or in in, in spare time and so on. We didn't have that kind of sedentary behaviors before. So, and we need to, to handle that in some way to, to break those sedentary behaviors. And, and then you have to have it in the natural part of the school day. And it has to be good accessibility to, to clubs in your spare time or to parks to go and play in and so on. So definitely we, we try to work to maybe get back to how it works, but at the same time, we know that there are challenges today that we didn't have when I was a kid. And, and, and things have changed so fast from, from being more sedentary. And it's, it's of course, not possible to, to take the, the, the screens away from the kids. We have a technology that has been great for us in many, many ways. But there are also some side effects uh, that are negative for us. So we've got more sedentary and the kids find their adventure in the screen and, and get very sedentary behavior. And so we also need to work where we are as a society today because uh, we cannot just throw the screens away, but we, maybe we can learn to live with them in a more balanced way, more sustainable way. And then we have to you know, we talked today about how can we get kids from not sitting home playing their games, instead come to a club, uh, come to a facility where you play your, your computer games together, but you also have uh, the opportunity to be physical active because you have a lot of funny play uh, opportunities with um, uh, basketballs or, or you can play soccer or you can you have this physical activity area where you can you can change and you can go from the computer and you can move around together with kids that have the same interests as you because you you're you're not maybe the sporty person you don't want to go play soccer in this spare time you want to play the computer but how can you do that together with with other kids that have the same interest you have to so you have to do both you have to also meet uh where we are today with their interests and challenges and we have a totally different food industry today and and we have a totally different sedentary behavior so it's it's really strong powers against what we're working for and we cannot just close our eyes for that we we need to meet that and we need to to work with that both uh, with individuals of course and parents and so on but also with you know politics and and you know to to really affect this in a policy way how we can how we can make the society more healthy in a way that will not give this problems because this will be a, a pandemic. Uh, it is already and will be a lot bigger than the pandemic we've seen the last two years. This is just the beginning of what we will see in the future generations that will 
not be able to live healthy and happy lives. I wonder if you could say something about making physical activity fun for that target group of young people who maybe don't do physical activity and are from a um, socioeconomically um, difficult background. Um, are there ideas that you can give to you know, public health people who are listening? Are there specific programmes you think that we can bring in for that group? Well, first of all, you have to put the air and listen to what kids have to say. Uh, what are their thoughts about it? What do they what do they think about it? And what do they think is the solution about it? Because a lot of uh, wise uh, advice could come from the young people uh, themselves, um, because they know how the how it is to to live right now and i think that's a start to see what they and, and that's what we do except for example we know that you know physical surroundings around you are very important to really be inspirational to move around it has to be possible so we can see in, in some areas in sweden for example where the socioeconomic challenges are big and huge there are maybe you know, one or two playgrounds that are old and almost falling apart. So, uh, and there is not safety, there is no safe places for kids even to move around together with their parents or their families or by themselves. So we, we need to work with this physical surroundings with the infrastructure also of, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of physical activity are of course organized in clubs, in sports and so on in Sweden. A majority of the kids uh, up to 11, 12 years old are part of the sports life in, in their spare time. But we can see a big difference between how many from socioeconomic, more beneficial uh, areas than, than not. So uh, we have to work with all these kind of uh, circumstances, possibilities. So it's it's in school, it's in their spare time, it's with clubs, it's with the physical, it with parks and playgrounds, for example. It's with biking uh, paths so they can travel active in a safe way. It's to work with other organizations that are working with questions about safety and security and, you know, that families feel safe and and. The, the parents are willing to to let their kids out and and we also need to work of course with schools because in schools we have all kids so that could be uh, you know the solution so that it will not depend if you come from a, a rich family or a more poorer family if you go to school and all kids get the same circumstances but that's not the case in Sweden there are big difference between schools in Sweden in how they work with these questions. And that's what we want to do. Programs for schools, programs for preschool, for, for healthcare, for municipalities that build builds new playgrounds for so on and so forth. So we can put in criteria and, and give them tools to really work with this in a strategical and sustainable way uh, to change this over time. My kids are six and seven and eight, and they're part of a Sunday morning football club, which is set up here in Bristol, where I live in the, in, the, in England. And um, it's it's I think it's a unique football club because it's very open and accessible to all uh, gender and ethnicity, 
and because it's not competitive at all. So when you get to that age, I think football groups tend to be quite, they're, they're teaching competitiveness and they have mums and dads standing on the sides who are really encouraging winning at all costs. Um, and for me, that's a kind of fundamental in, the, in this sort of area that you're talking about in trying to increase physical activity. It's groups being very open to all different people and focusing on the fun and the kind of joining in rather than the winning. Um, I wonder what else you think are kind of core components in, in kind of physical activity programs to actually get children wanting to join in. Yeah, for sure. And just like you said, I mean, even if I come from a competitive uh, background of being an athlete, of course, uh, for me, it's fundamental that we give all kids the opportunity to to be part of a community and, and the joy of being physical active together in a playful way. That's, I mean, that's the ground for everything. Then we always will have those who like to compete and so on and so forth. And they will have their opportunities maybe to move forward or, or choosing clubs. But we need to have a solid ground for everyone, uh, just like the club that you have as a great example. That's how you should work. Because now it also get very, if you should look at it from, an, from my athlete's perspective, Today, we also have much, much fewer uh, people to, to, uh, that get the opportunity to maybe move forward and getting to be an athlete in some day. If we don't have the bigger, uh, you know, solid ground with all kids having the opportunity to finding their way of moving around in a very playful and not competitive way, you will, you will, you know, some of them will continue that way. Some of them will find the competitive way. But if you don't have this including system, you will not have any elite active at all anyway. And But you will definitely have the most important thing. You will not have a public health and, and people and young people growing up with the opportunity to, to live a happy and and healthy life forward so there is no there is no good argument against having an including uh, sports uh, like you said and that's the main thing and uh, that's the most important and the competitive is just a small small detail in in, in that sense and I think, yeah, of course, you know, the, there are so many different areas. I think also with the food habits, if we should talk about a little about that, it's also about the surroundings. You could say that, oh, you, you choose how you eat, but that's not the truth because it depends what kind of food surroundings you have around you. Where do you have and what kind of commercial do you meet and what kind of offers do you have in the store? It's much, much more different today. And more difficult today to to really choose and healthy because you are so uh, dependent on what kind of messages and what kind of physical uh, surroundings you have according to food habits. So I would say you would have to work with the individual to ex like inspirational and and more knowledge for the individual. You need to work with structures and uh, you could say areas where children are. Uh, where they in school and in preschool and on their spare time like that. And you also need to work with national policies so that you will have a, 
uh, effect on bigger questions why like in UK for example you have now uh, I think it's the taxes on the pr- producer of uh, if you produce sodas different sodas you have a tax on the producer which has decreased the amount of sugar for example in your so if you buy a, a coke in in Britain and you buy a coke in Sweden in Sweden you will have much much more sugar because that you did this really on a national policy level uh, which also will affect the the public health so it's it's from the small person the little kid and the parents and all the way in in the areas they are up to national policies and you have to work on all and it's it's not like generation pep we're not we cannot change this ourselves this is not just our question this is the whole society and we cannot say that oh we share this and blah 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 it's easy to think that oh someone else would do it someone else can, can take the responsibility we all need to step up we all need to have courage we all need to say well let's take leadership for this it could be a politician it could be a organization it could be a school it could be an individual or it could be a club like your example but all we we need to <clears throat> bring bring out the best of us and take leadership and take steps forward it will it will uh, need courage and it will need uh, hard work but it's possible if we all move forward in that direction mm-hmm.